Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no ads, no data selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated financial personal app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash leisure. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash leisure for your extended 30-day free trial. Earners, what's up? Look, as an entrepreneur, the dream is to earn a living doing what you love. But let's face it, turning that dream into reality is no small feat. That's where Kajabi steps in, transforming challenges into opportunities. I've been there, juggling every aspect of my business, wishing for a simpler way to diversify revenue and grow my brand. Then Kajabi changed the game. It's an all-in-one platform that empowered me to not just build, but thrive. With Kajabi, creating online courses, membership sites, and more became not just possible, but easy. And the best part? I kept 100% of what I earned, thanks to Kajabi's no-commission policy. But Kajabi isn't just about tools. It's about building a profitable business with the support of robust analytics, easy payment options, and customizable templates, all without needing a huge team or audience. Join me and thousands of entrepreneurs making six or seven figures on Kajabi, regardless of your audience size. If you're ready to turn your passion into profit, Kajabi is your next step to success. So what are you waiting for? Build, grow, and keep what you earn with Kajabi. Start your journey today. And right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash earn. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash earn. Kajabi.com slash earn. And join the entrepreneurs and creators who've made over $6 billion. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. Stop with endorsements. That's a check. And if somebody's able to write you that check, well, then I don't want the check. I'll give you an example. I signed my third contract. I'm sitting in the room and the owner walks in and he says, listen, we're going to make him the highest paid player in the game. 
So they give me $50 million, right? They give me 20 up front. And my agent looked at me and I got up and walked out of the room. And he was like, what's wrong? Why are you walking out of the room? I said, because it finally clicked. Player money no longer impresses me. I want to know what he does. Because if he can pay me this much, <laughs> then, then I need to learn that business. Show some love, make some noise. Super Bowl, we are here. The sun is out. My mic working. There you go. Make some noise for the legend Ray Lewis, ladies and gentlemen. The best ever in his position, one of the best ever to play the game, but more importantly, a great man, a great humanitarian. Uh, so thank you for doing this, brother. Appreciate Absolutely, it. brother. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Absolutely life-changing messages, and it's just beautiful to know. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I think, you know, obviously people know the football career, they know from the athletic side, obviously Hall of Fame, one of the best ever to do it. But you're doing a lot of stuff on the business side. And so I, I kind of want to start there. Let's, to back, let's go back to 1996 when you're getting drafted. There's a gentleman by the name of Ozzie Newsom who played, played an integral role, obviously bringing you to the team, but also mentoring you and guiding you off the field. So talk about the role and the impact that Ozzie had on your life. Yeah, it's, it was rich, interesting because when Ozzie first drafted me to Baltimore, um, I'm sitting in the, in the locker and waiting on him this phone call and then he calls and says we're going to draft you to Baltimore and I says I said Baltimore doesn't have a team <laughs> like how are you drafting me to Baltimore you know and he's like nah you know we're coming from Cleveland and I'm like what Out of all of the teams I could have been drafted to I go to freaking Baltimore and uh from the first day man when he told me I was coming in what he invested into me on the field was one thing but the investment that he gave me off the field was everything. And it was everything about the front office and understanding how the entire machine actually runs. And at a very young age, I wanted to know that because I just didn't want to be a player on the field. I wanted to be a player off the field as well. And so Ozzy, still to this day, um, he just called me a week ago. I'm talking about some stuff. So we had that relationship since I was 19 years old and now I'm 47 years old with that same relationship with Ozzy. So I want to talk about some financial stuff that we was talking over there. You were saying how um, a lot of guys, you know, obviously make a lot of you know poor decisions when it comes to finances. But, you know, talking about taxes and what looks like a 40 million dollar contract really isn't a 40 million dollar contract. Can you, can you kind of break that down a little bit? Yeah, look, it's, it's really simple. I think a lot of us look at athletes contracts and the first thing you look at is the number. Right. But the one thing you don't look at is how much of that number is gone before you even sign the check, right? That number does not really exist, right? So you say, oh my gosh, this guy made $100 million. Absolutely not, right? 40% is coming to Uncle Sam, whoever that is, that you're paying your money to immediately. And so what I started to do probably in year eight or nine is really start to understand why I was not counting my own money, right? We hire people to count our money for us. We hire people to get a to give us monthly updates, right? On oh well, you spent this this month. Well, I don't need you to tell me that. If I see my statements myself, if I know where every penny of my money is going, then yeah, I can do that myself. And so, interesting enough, 
when I got done playing, I partnered with a guy recently uh, by the name of Julio Gonzalez, probably one of the <clears throat> number one tax guys in the world. And for him to take me through the entire tax bracket and how they don't pay taxes. You know, you think about rich. Being rich is great because you can buy a lot of things. Being wealthy, you can pass that to the generation after generation after generation. But you have to know, it's not about making money. It's how do you keep money? Right? That's the number one rule of life, right? I can, people can pay, you see it all the time. People pay athletes all the time, pay actors all the time. You never get an opportunity to sit in the rooms where they're talking about ownership or partnership. Why? Because the most important thing is a relationship. And they don't have a relationships with athletes. They have a relationships with a number. A number is 52, a number is 80, a number is 32, a number is whatever your number is, that's what they relate to. Why? Because that's what makes their money. Right? But one of the biggest disconnects that all players must understand, I stopped taking endorsements uh, 2010, 2010. Why? I bought my name back. Why? Because I don't need endorsements. Right? Like, I want ownership. Right? I want partnership, right? Because partnership then dictates and shows me what a relationship is, right? Every hand that I've shook in my, in my professional career, that hand remembered why I shook their hand. And it was not because they wrote me a check. It's because I told them I'll be seeing them again on the other side of football, right? <laughs> that's, that's the exciting part for me. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So when did that light bulb click? Was somebody educating you on yeah. that? Yeah, and you have, to, you have to search for that education. So one of the greatest educators ever, and regardless of what anybody thinks, if you don't have a relationship with God, it's almost impossible to control your life, right? Like, like you have to have someone who's in the forefront of your life that you actually go to. So God has been in my life my entire life. My mom's a pastor. My dad was a pastor before he passed last year. So I've always been raised from that core. But that's the foundation of who you are. So when you start to look for information and you start to pray for people, for God to surround you around the right people. I had the wrong people around me when I was in my 20s. But by the time I got in my mid-30s, God was surrounding me around people that can educate me. Right. And once I started to grab that education, that's food. Right. He says that you would know my people by the fruit that they bear. So I wanted to know the fruit that the people was around me. What fruit are you bearing? Don't tell me you can show me how to make money. I can make money myself. But show me how I can affect people, right? Show me how I can dictate my next part of my legacy. Making tackles is great, right? Playing in the National Football League was one of the most amazing things ever. Why? Because it brought my mother out of the hood, right? And so that's, that's where I think guys have to take a deeper dive if you really want to change your life. Because if you really believe money is going to do it, it won't, right? It'll give you ups and downs. The devil has the same power God has. The only power he doesn't have, he can't save your life. But he can give you everything that this world offers. And most of it is fast. Most of it is shiny. And most of it spins, right? God gives you things that does the opposite, yeah. And all Lord's people said amen. Amen. <laughs> so you talked about in your 20s and, you know, being here this week, Super Bowl week, it's been kind of a, a common theme amongst uh, some of the players is that, yeah, early on in their career, they didn't have the people around them. They didn't have the education. 
And a lot of it is because they didn't care to know because they were taking recommendations from people. It's the setup. It's what happens when you're 17 years old. When you're 17 years old, this agent walks up to you. He says, don't mention my name again, but I want to be your agent. And you, because you're broke and you have absolutely nothing, you say, wow, okay, I'll stay in touch with you. And while you're staying in touch with him, he then follows your career and wait till you get into your junior senior year, my junior year, you know. And then there was there was times, right? There's an NIL deal now out there. So mm -hmm. who cares about what I tell now, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. But, <laughs> but statue of limitations yeah. inspired. Not yeah, inspired. They have inspired. 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 But when you take my you take what I was doing in nineteen ninety four, bro, nineteen ninety four was what they're letting kids do now. I was saying, why can't you be paid? Right. That's you cannot tell me if somebody wants to help me out because of what I do. Why can't I, you allow that? So when that started to be allowed in 1994, man, listen, bro, bags, <laughs> bags being dropped off, bro. Like duffel bag boys, duffel bags. Like you're not talking to me unless I have a bag dropped off. <laughs> so, so, so then, but it's a system, right? Because a friend, forget the friend, the friend says, hey, Ray, I got this person. I got this person. I got a lawyer. I got an agent. I got, bro. And you're like, before you know it, you done trusted somebody that you have not built a relationship with. And you just give them your whole check. I mean, you write over the entire check and you've never sat with them or have dinner with them a day in your life. And that's the system of how our kids are taught on how to go into the National Football League, the NBA, all of these different things, and trust people that have not put no sweat equity into who we are, right? It's, it's criminal, right, to a, certain, to a certain point. And so I wanted to change that, which I did. So you, so you mentioned NIL. NIL. Um, how do you feel about NIL? I, I think it's, the NIL deal was supposed to be different, right? What does that mean? These major colleges have endowment funds, mm -hmm. right? The University of Miami has an endowment fund, almost $40 billion or more. Those kids are supposed to eat from that fund. They're not supposed to eat from outside. Now, once you let people from outside come in, then that's where the, divi the division of the locker room starts. Why? Because you pay a quarterback a million dollars, but you pay the lineman nothing. But the quarterback can't throw the ball unless the lineman block it. Right. So all of the, the way it was supposed to be distributed when I was arguing the issue, I was saying, listen, if my number 52 makes a certain dollar amount, then I should eat from that. Why should I eat from my money, from my name that I make? You, you cannot make money off my name. Right. There's no Fortune 500 company in America that you can use their brand. You cannot use the NFL logo by yourself. You wear a shirt and you advertise that they gonna want a percentage of that. Well, then my name should represent the same thing. And every athlete should represent that exact same thing, which it doesn't, right? Because the NFLPA, we're up under this, this brand, right? I made over, Jesus, my jersey from 2005 to 2008. Bro, listen, hundreds of millions of dollars. I have it. You have it. <laughs> and, you, and think about a $250 jersey, and I got a $5,000 check. Sums off with that math. Sums off with that math. But it's the same thing with the NIL, dealing colleges. Pay the kids from where they make the money. Don't let outside endorsers come in. Once again, the endorsement model, because that takes the, that, that, that takes the attention off of them. 
the endorsement model is not the way to go, man. And I'm telling you, it's going to it's going to continue to divide our children, just like the portal. The portal is cool, but the portal takes the leash off what greatness really is. Man's greatness hurts. That's a lot of down days that you got to go through to find out what greatness is. And now kids are in the portal and they can run away from that so quickly. Yep, they disagree with the coach. I'm transferring this year. You know, I got four sons. I got four kings. I got two queens. And I went through that whole battle and I'm sitting there saying, son, earn a job. I was never given a job. I had to take a job, you know. And so a lot of these things that they're creating, I think, is taking the issue off what the real issue is. Like our kids should be paid but they should be compensated from where the money sits. And that's in this endowment funds. That's an absolute fact, man. I never even thought about that, the endowments of the schools. But you, you said endorsements aren't the way. And so it makes me wonder, at that point, you're getting a salary from the NFL, but you're not doing endorsements. We all, you know, we preach having one income is too close to none. What other type of alternatives did you seek to find all, uh, a way to make money off the field? Partnerships. Uh, okay. Partnerships. Right. Everybody wants to shake your hand and they want to they want to make you the greatest thing ever. Right. Oh, my gosh. Come do this. Come speak here. Come do that. I will. If I own part of that, <laughs> because if I own part of that, then I got ownership in that. And if I got ownership in that, then I speak about it a little more boldly. Right? <laughs> right? I have a little more energy of getting up every morning to come do what you want me to do. No, no matter how much you own. Right. Think about owning 100% of nothing. Mm. That's nothing. But if you got your hands in enough things that I got my hands in, man, I got percentage in this. I got what, 28, 28, 30, 30 plus companies, man, that my hands is in that I own or partner, which means I have a relationship with them. If I can teach my kids, stop with endorsements. That's a check. And if somebody's able to write you that check, well, then I don't want the check. I'll give you an example. I signed my third contract. I'm sitting in the room and the owner walks in and he says, listen, we're going to make him the highest paid player in the game. So they give me $50 million, right? They give me 20 up front. And my agent looked at me and I got up and walked out of the room. And he was like, What's wrong? Why are you walking out of the room? I said, because it finally clicked. Player money no longer impresses me. I want to know what he does. Because if he can pay me this much, <laughs> then, then I need to learn that business. Right? So athletes, think about this. Athletes are never introduced to the owner concept until you make enough money because they tell you i'll put you in the next slot right every athlete is slotted so whether you think an agent is relevant or not every athlete the number is already marked so when you come to that number you're like ah i want a few more million i want a few hundred thousand more maybe but you're slotted so they always make us think about the player and then i wanted to know what an owner thinks like so then I started sitting myself around owners and I started to say, wow, that's a different conversation than I have in a locker room full of players. They don't even think about ownership. They don't even think about owning their IP at all. 
the only thing they think about is their next check. When you become a boss, you don't think about your next check. You write the checks. That's the difference. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a bar. Yeah. So ownership, staying on the ownership yeah. theme. The NFL, I think it's like made 65% of black players make up the NFL. So 73. 73, okay. No black ownership. So there's the Rooney rule to try to, you know, have more black head coaches, which a lot of people think that that's flawed, but at least they have something in place. What are your thoughts on having the majority of the league be black players, have no black ownership, and how can we get it to the point where there is representation in the owner's box? We own, we control sports, right? Blacks dominate that from an NFL level. But you're not changing that unless you're sitting in the ownership rooms. So we can argue all we want to about not having black coaches. But until we get a black owner in that office or two, then that ain't changing. No matter what rule you want to talk about. This is what I'm saying. Like, we only look for the check. We only look for the position that's given. In today's time, it's time for us to take that. That's what partnerships and ownership is, right? <clears throat> my goal is simple. My goal has never changed. I'm 47 years old. In the next five to seven years, my goal is to put myself in the right position to possibly become the first black minority owner in the National Football League. Why? Because I want to change the narrative, right? If we don't do that, if we don't do that, then no conversation changes. Why do you think that hasn't happened? Uh, it's simple. Because I'm, I'm thinking about this 73% of you, right? Yeah. We control the league. We got some of the greatest players that's ever played this game. Multi-millionaires. How come there's never been, or maybe there has been, a conversation to come together as a group to become more than the minority or become the, the investment group behind the ownership of a team? If the attraction from Little League to college, to, from Little League to high school to college, to the National Football League, the attraction. Earners, what's going on? Listen, EYLU is relaunching, revamping, retooling. That's right, we're creating a new educational experience that's more expensive. Shari, tell me what we got. Yes, 2023. We got a lot in store, a lot planned for you guys. So you know that EYLU already includes monthly financial planning calls with me, book club calls with Troy, real estate calls with mg the mortgage guy access to the home buying blueprint volume one and volume two part of the revamp will include 27 local chapters from across the united states live interactive teaching hands-on not just pre-recorded videos plus 15 brand new curriculums the biggest just got bigger head over to eyluniversity.com that's e-y-l-u-n-i V-E-R-S-I-T-Y dot com. See you there. It's to make a check. The attraction is to get out the hood. The attraction has never been, how do you become owner? Nobody teaches that. Unless you're sitting in that room to listen what owners are discussing. So luckily in my career, I was able to start sitting in those rooms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to sit there and listen what they're talking about. And I said, and I started to say it. I said, man, they was like, oh my gosh, this much player signed for this much money. I said, that does not impress me. 
do you know the person who's writing the check? That's what I'm chasing. And so until that dynamic starts to really change and we have enough of us who understands our true power is what we can do together. But the individual, individual check is written and then so this person going, I got to take my money, I got to take my money, I got to take my money, I got to take my money. And it's great. You can take your money, but the generations after that, they're still the same model. Yeah. I just think the model can only change if we're sitting in those owners' meetings. Yes, I'm saying there's a lot of investment. You asked me about coaching, right? There's a lot of investing that goes into coaching, right? There's a lot of investing to go from coaches to the GMs, right? GMs to the owner. Those are steps, and you have to be invested to do that. But you also have to have the education to understand all of the aspects of the game and not just playing the game. Right? When you get in the front office, you're, you're not only just counting people checks, right? You're talking about everything that walks in that building, right? Tomorrow's game, the only thing we see is a game. Man, that's a zillion dollar business, right? With intricate parts that everybody has to be in control of. And so that's why I'm, I'm telling you like, until you start to sit down and study that world, it's, and that's one vertical. Go to the MLB, go to the NBA, NHL, same model. Bunch of owners got together, put a pool together, let's make this money, let's build this, and that's what they do, right? So you, we have the ability, but because of the checks being so current, it never crosses our mind to become owner. We're okay with being a player, right? So I started to make a transition halfway through my career. So yeah. when you, you were fortunate enough to be in those owners' meetings, what's some of the things that you, you learned from just sitting and listening to the conversations? Man, nothing matters to them but what each one of them think. Seriously. like, And that's what I respect about that meeting. It's like that's why I go back to talking about partnership. Partnerships in life is only based off one thing relationships that's it bro who you do partner who you partner with that's a relationship and that's what i that's what i respect so much about the relationships that they have in that circle of of power that they have that's why they signed deals together <laughs> that's why they broke a tv deals together you know it's like it's a genius concept right but how many of us will really come together and break that concept. You said something that was very insightful. Yeah. You said that they only care about what each other think. That's it. That you don't <clears throat> you don't care about what somebody else show does. You work your show. You call your guy. Or you don't care about just what yourself thinks. Got to get No. You what the overall theme is we have a machine. The machine must run. Right? Players careers Three years, three and a half years, and the next one come in, and the next one come in, and the next one come in. It's a revolving door in all the sports. All the sports has ran exactly like this. That's why the next thing, the next, the only, the most important person in an athlete's life, in the owner's perspective, is the next one. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> it's the only way they work. Ooh, That's crazy. Nobody's bigger than the program. It's, yeah. the only way, it's the only way that works, bro. 
there's nobody bigger than the bigger than the machine. You you referenced the fact that I asked you about coaching, yeah. but the answer I got, I think we should elaborate on. It yeah. was the power of impact, and it's something that I had to experience working in education and realize I can affect a school, but I can affect the world doing something different. Mm. Talk about why you haven't chosen to coach because of the power of impact. Yeah, I mean the the coaching side is it's attractive, right? Because I've been in it my entire life. I've been playing, I've been coaching, I've been mentoring. I've been doing a lot of those things. But with the impact that I'm trying to make, I just want to hear the Lord when I finally go home say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't think that's just going to come from me being a great football player. I think that's going to come from me making an impact on people and being a light amongst people to show them the way. God says many are called, but few are chosen. So the question I got is, how do you become a part of the few? <laughs> right? That's a real question. That's a real question, right? And so coaching is great. And I'm 47, so maybe I'll coach at 55. But with what I'm doing with each one of my companies, one of my ventures, man, 52 Ventures, Prosperity Reimagined, is how do we go into these communities and how do we change the look of those communities? All this money that they keep saying, we're giving this much money to black communities. I have not seen one black community change. So fat. And I mean real change, right? So, so that for me, I've sat down, studied them 20 plus years. I've been in the hoods, I've been in the prisons, I'm walking around, I'm trying to figure it out. And every time I see a Martin Luther King Street, I'm saying, why is Martin Luther King Street in the most dysfunctional place in the city? Right. That has to change. So that's why I think my focus and what I'm focusing on now is much bigger. So if I want to come back to coaching, I will. I just don't think right now is the time. Yeah. So we always hear horror stories of athletes getting taken advantage of from financial advisors, from accountants, from lawyers, everybody. How, what is the process to actually be able to trust somebody and what should you never do um, to kind of safeguard yourself from being taken advantage of? Yeah, I think you should always have three layers, right? You should have your, your spiritual foundation, your family foundation, and then your business foundation. In all three of those layers, you must have somebody at every level, right? To spiritually guide you. Family is somebody you trust. And then business is somebody who has to answer to your family and your spiritual guidance, right? Because once they have the answer to them, the problem is we do it opposite, right? Our talent opens the door. We go in and we sign a check. But as soon as we sign the check, the first thing we do is sign it over to an agent that we just met two weeks ago, who then passes to his financial team. And then they start distributing your money and you never see your money ever again. So, so we have to check if that, but it's the, it's the model. It's the model, right? And every, almost every person goes down that same model. If you don't change that model about <clears throat> one of the things I started doing with my financial advisor, right? I said, every penny, every penny that leaves or comes into my account, I should be alerted. Every penny, right? And what does that mean? I should have the same access you have. You should not have to call me in two weeks to, let, to report on my money. No, I should be reporting to you what I want to do with my money. But that's taking ownership, right? It's back to ownership and it's back to partnership. I have a great partnership with my financial teams and I have ownership of all of my entire world. And that's why I like to sit. I got spiritual guidance. I got family guidance with my mom and what she does. And then I have 
business teams that actually oversee each other and making sure that I am not being hustled, which I have. I've been down that road, bro. Oh, yeah. Millions of dollars. Come on, man. You want, you want to talk about it? Bro, talk about it. I'm still looking for the people who got it. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. Statue of limitations may not have expired. Easy. <laughs> no, but it's, it's crazy because you trust people, man. And you trust people and you trust them to, to do what's best for you. And then you realize that that person ain't equally yoked. That person has no God in their life. And all the thing you trust is, well, I've been in financial for 15 years, 20 years. Okay, and? Now that I'm on this side of life, I'm able to say and? Right? Nah, you got to ask those questions. The, hard, the easiest thing to do is give somebody a check. The hardest thing to do is ask questions that you don't know that they don't know how to tell you. It's the hardest thing to do. Yeah, let's talk about the work, right? Because yeah. I can hear the passion in you. I, I could imagine you coming into a community. There, there's going to be a presence that you feel. Yeah. So let's talk about 52 Foundations and yeah. the, the, the work that y'all are doing, because yeah. it's incredible, right? Giving economic assistance to, to the youth. Yeah. Talk about, the, the obviously, the, the, the goal of it, uh, the start of it, and how everything has been functioning inside of it. Yeah, one of them, um, one of my other companies started in 2015 um, in Baltimore after the unrest of Freddie Gray, right? Um, and at that time, I started a solar company at the time. And why? Because I started walking the streets and you know, the streets of Baltimore was burning and everybody was just frustrated. And, you know, Baltimore is it's beautiful, but it has a bad black eye content to it. And uh, so my company started in 2015. And now, man, Jesus, I think we just had our 24th, 25th graduation, right? To where now we took hundreds of gang members off the streets and we've given them options, right? We've given them an alternative because they're not gonna work for a four or $5 job. But if you teach them a solar job, right? Which then leads into construction, which then leaves them leaving their block that they're fighting for and leave the freaking state to go work another job somewhere else, right? And so now you give them, and so the greatest ability to see that is walk up to those graduations and listen to a mother saying, he gave up drug life and you saved my son's life. It's the greatest reward you ever get in business. And so that's why with, with, with Power for the Two Foundation is it's remarkable because it gives somebody a, a fresh breath of that maybe I made a mistake, but I can pick myself up and I can keep going. And that's what we do, right? So whether it's second and third chance offenders, whoever that may come in there, right? We give you second and third chances. We give you fourth chances. We give you fifth chances, right? We have an 85% placement rate. The moment you leave our school, you get hired immediately, right? If we don't start there, right? Another one of my partners, we own, uh, we own these waste managements in, in Baltimore. Another huge project from, a, from, a, from an academy standpoint is uh, in Geneva, Ohio, called Spire Institute. Um, same concept as IMG, but what we're doing inside of that academy is we're teaching children how to actually function in a, in a very dysfunctional culture. How do you do that, right? That's why me and Dikembe and Mutombo finally partnered. So now we have a relationship with Africa, with, with, with NBA Africa coming through Spire, right? So we can, we can take kids who's living in poverty and then put them in an 850,000 square foot building and feed them every day and change their culture and change what they see. A lot of people focus on ROI, return of investment, return of investment, return of investment. 
But if you think about the communities that I live in, return of investment is not the hot topic. The hot topic should be what, I, what we created, which is IOA, imagination, opportunity, access. Right? Clap it up for that. <laughs> yeah. Happy ball. So, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Um, you're in media, and that's something that a lot of athletes, uh, it's, it's very hot right now, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody, when they retire, they want to become a broadcaster, but very few people are actually able to be successful in that, in that space. Um, so talk about how your transition in media happened and um, how you were able to, you know, become successful in another leg of, of your career. And like I said, that's actually probably harder to be successful in TV than it is on the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People ask me all these questions every day, just every day. Like, how can I do this? How can I get better? How in this? And I was like, and I was talking to my team and I was like, man, you know, the podcast is great and I'm doing this and I got this going, but I got to, I got to go a little bit deeper. Right. So I was like, you know what? Every Friday, we're going to do 52 Fridays because this ironic year, 2023, there's actually 52 Fridays in this year. And inside of these 52 Fridays, there will be a principle that you have to not listen to, but you have to apply. And that principle carries you to the next week until you get to the next Friday. But by the time you get to 52 Fridays, you will have 52 principles. And the only thing that fails is your application of them. That's it. Right? Because the, the, because the principles will never change. It's what you have to apply them. Right? And so that's what 52 Fridays was kind of birthed from. Like really sharing with, with watching the podcast grow it the, with the way it grew and then realizing like people are hearing it, but how many people are applying it? So 52 Fridays says, now apply. Apply that. And now when you apply it, I need you to send that back to me. Show me your application. Right? And so now all of these fans and stuff are sending information back. I'm off work, but I'm in the I'm in I'm in my dungeon at one and two o'clock in the morning. Right? I said I wasn't gonna eat this, so now I'm working out, right? So it's it's really crazy, man, when you see how much traffic comes in of just people just collaborating, yeah. yeah awesome question. So football. We were talking offline. ESPN thirty for thirty. Oh, wait. They said that, uh, well, we talked about if you guys were the greatest defense ever. I'm not. So, you know, some people say the Bears. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> oh, that's a Chicago guy. So you saw the Bears era, so I'm going to respect that. I'm going to respect that. Go ahead. But you, you gave a very uh, convincing argument why you guys had the best defense. Can you talk about why you think you have the best defense ever? <laughs> I'm going to take Think out of it. You take Think out of it. Uh, why you know you're the best defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look, look. Uh, I'm going I'm to leave it to you like this, right? The game is based off numbers. It'll never change, right? What that defense done in that year will never be repeated ever again, right? We gave up, we gave up, this is in one game. Running backs are running for 200 yards, 300 yards. Teams are running for 400 yards, right? That entire year, we gave up 960 yards total. We gave up less than 10 points a game. 9.6. 9.6. We had five shutouts. We went five weeks without scoring an offensive touchdown. 
and won. And won. <laughs> and won three out of those five. Right? And we get into the playoffs. And this is the stat that I, I'm telling you, like, if you want to crown the greatest, we went into the playoffs. And we gave up one touchdown the entire playoffs. We went in the Super Bowl and they had 16 possessions. Run them down. Punt. Run them down. Punt. Yeah. Punt. Yeah. Punt. Yep. Punt. Yeah. Interception. <laughs> punt. Yep. Punt. Yeah. Punt. Yeah. Punt. Yeah. Interception. There you go. Punt. Yep. Punt. 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 Interception. It's a lot. Game over. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> Case closed. Oh, man. Nah, Ray, it's been a pleasure, man. Before we leave, um, when you look back on your career, you've done so much. You've been tremendously blessed. Um, what do you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done? Oh, man. That's the best question I've always gotten because that is the kind of... The, one of the most easiest questions, and that is, I never cared about how great I became. I only, I only cared about the people that was beside me. My brothers, the brotherhood, is, was, my, was my greatest investment. And still to this day, last week in Vegas for the Pro Bowl, this week here, the young men that was lost lions then come up to me now and say, Papa, thank you for investing into me. So you can do a lot of things in sports and they can argue who's the best. But when you have the ability to change the direction of somebody's life, it's the greatest achievement you'll ever have in life. That's like Make some noise for the legend. The legend himself. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.